Hi, I'm Claudia, and you're listening to The Brain and Brand Show, where you'll hear science and inspiration from guests like neuroscientist Dr. Tara Swart. Welcome back to The Brain and Brand Show. I'm Timothy Maurice. And as a behavioral psychology author, I'm interested in how our brains influence our ability to move throughout the world socially and professionally. And this is the focus of the podcast. If you're new to the show, check out the recent episodes where I share the extraordinary story of Charles Henderson and how he went from being on heroin to graduating with a Harvard MBA. We not only explore his story, but unpack inspiring brain lessons you can apply to your life. Today, I decided to tell two stories about the mind and body. This episode is inspired by a client named Colin Skelton. Colin uses his background in theater design and facilitation to help people build a better relationship with their mind and body and ultimately have more leadership over their own life and those around them. So thanks, Colin, for your work and look forward to having you on the show soon. The two stories are as follows. My dad's turkey bacon, my sister's vaccine response. Both of these stories are about the brain-body connection and the potential we have to make better choices, choices that we regret less, and more importantly, choices that align with how we see ourselves versus the lesser version of ourselves. Before I dive into my first story, make sure you leave a comment on whichever podcast platform you're listening. It's not just a nice thing to do. The comment gives the podcast a promotional boost so that others can find it. Okay, story number one, my dad's turkey bacon. My father is a notoriously picky eater. I'm home in America at the moment, working for nearly four months due to COVID. For his birthday, we took him to his favorite breakfast restaurant, which is basically a soul food breakfast. It's a cozy place with rocking chairs out front next to the entrance. When ordering, my father basically shares a scroll of what he has to have for his order to be right. No salt, no this, add that. In fact, it's a running joke in the family. We've even told him to take a printout because there's always at least one thing the waiter's going to get wrong. It's impossible. You can be the best waiter in the world. But on his birthday, they got everything right. However, that's not the story. He ordered turkey sausage, but it came out looking like pork sausage. And he doesn't eat pork. He called the manager and told them his story about not eating pork and what that means to his health. They assured him, sir, it's turkey. They gave him three pieces. They were round and grilled. He even gave me a piece to taste. I confirmed that it's turkey. He then took a bite, and after a few minutes, he reported a funny feeling in his head. He says he hasn't felt this feeling since he last ate pork sausage 30 years earlier. What came next was fascinating. He admitted and acknowledged that he was definitely eating turkey but that it looked too much like pork sausage. He had to stop eating, calm himself, drink water slowly to remove the feeling that was racing throughout his body. The feeling that was produced based on the appearance of pork, not the reality of pork. This is of course the placebo effect. The idea originates from medicine. You take a fake pill, but still experience the medicinal effect, even though the pill had nothing in it. But what was more fascinating was that my father knew it was turkey, but the appearance was too similar to override his conscious belief. There are two lessons here. Firstly, his unconscious associations with the look of pork and how pork makes him feel were so strong that he couldn't override his obvious beliefs. 
The opportunity here is a brain-body one. Between him seeing the food and him tasting it, he could have closed his eyes for a moment, taken a few deep breaths, and acknowledged his pork programming, and then began to override the pattern response, or the pattern programming. He could have felt it, imagined it, and then began to imagine a different positive response from the beauty of Turkey. We all have the ability to use this in our work or our personal lives. There are many tools you can use from breathing to body control, which is Collins feel. But ultimately, you can use your imagination to feel and transport yourself into the moment and then edit the story of what you're experiencing to override and mute the negative response and elevate a different, more positive response. My father never ate the turkey because he never got control over the story in his head. Now to my sister. My sister is literally one of the funniest people I know. She's lovable, adorable, warm, kind. She's one and a half years younger. So growing up, people thought we were twins. She has greenish eyes, though. Mine are just a basic, boring brown. Actually, I like my eyes. But anyway, they're not green. So she was the more attractive one. She was seen as the more attractive one for years. This traumatized me. Wherever we went, people would approach my parents and spend 10 minutes talking about how beautiful she was. I would stand there in the corner and just look pitiful. After all the gawking about her eyes and, oh, my God, look how gorgeous you look. My parents would yell, come on, son, let's go. What's wrong with you? I never told him the impact this had on me. I think I'm still suffering. <laughs> I hope they listen to this episode and realize just how much I suffered, how much I went through. Anyway, you don't have to feel sorry for me. About 10 years ago, my sister had to have brain surgery. After a normal dental visit, she returned from the dentist with pain racing from her brain to her face. She says it was like lightning shocks. Turns out the doctor hit what's called the trigeminal nerve, a nerve that helps regulate facial movement. This nerve pain is one of the causes of the highest rates of suicide. The pain is just that intense. Fortunately, her neurologist has been successful with helping her manage her pain, and now she can function normally. Although, if things get too stressful, the nerve can become excitable again. Well, taking the vaccine can be stressful. We decided to take it together. I wanted to support her. We booked, decided to do the drive through version offered here in North Carolina. It's just outside of Chapel Hill, the home of Michael Jordan, in case you're not familiar with the area. This is where I grew up as a kid before moving to New York and then South Africa in my 30s. We arrived at the vaccine location. It was in a giant parking lot. The military was managing movement. According to the website, they administer 3,000 doses per day in that one location. I noticed a few cars was like ours where people were doubled up. They were highly efficient. You pull up, give them your booking details, they ask you questions, and then you wait. In that waiting period, my sister began sweating. Her nerves began to rattle. When it was our turn, she decided to go before me to get it over with. After the lovely military medic and African-American woman finished with her, she poked my arm. She was so wonderful. She told us she'd been working since 7 a.m. It was now 4.30 p.m. After you're done receiving the vaccine, they type into their iPads, send you a mail, and then at the same time, book your next shot for three weeks out. Then they tell you to drive out and sit, at which point a nurse comes out and tells you to wait 15 minutes to see if there's a reaction. This nurse is allocated about three or four cars. 
In the first minute, my sister says, there's something wrong with me. I said, what's happening? She was sweating and feeling dizzy. I got out the car and called the nurse back over. The nurse asked my sister, was she nervous prior to the shot? She says, yes. Then she smiled and said, what you're experiencing is perfectly normal if you were nervous prior to the shot. So it wasn't the vaccine. It was her brain-body connection. My sister's nerves start to calm, a sweating goes away, and we pull off. I hope this episode inspires you to interrogate the relationship you have with your brain and body. And to do so, look at how you respond to everything that takes you on an intense emotional ride. Then work your way back. Consider the space and time between what happens to you and how your body responds. There's a vast universe there of possibilities where you can use your imagination. But also consider the influence to the environment, how the image and perception of what's going on around you is impacting you. Image is a reality in the unconscious mind, except and unless you decide to proactively call upon that image and neutralize its power. Your brain has that much power. Thanks so much for listening and do share this episode with someone you care about. Until next time.